Good to be back home. Yes, I'm at home. Uh, I bring greeting from Cheryl, and Paul does believe now that I have a wife. I did bring her once, <laughs> but uh, Cheryl is back working and uh, with SunTrust, and I didn't tell the earlier group about it, but my son-in-law got a job in Washington, D.C., and uh, they say wives are supposed to follow their husband. And children should follow their parents. But I wanted to intercede in that process. I wanted my son-in-law to go to Washington, D.C. and leave my daughter and granddaughters in Atlanta. But he didn't do it. He, he was biblical about the matter. But anyway, our, our, uh, our oldest daughter, Brittany, and our two granddaughters live now in Washington, D.C. Um, but we're happy to uh, travel. I'm trying to find some ministry up there in D.C. so I can see the grandkids. <laughs> It's good to be with you. It's a joy to serve the Lord in these dark days. These are difficult days, and you can't pull up the TV without seeing uh, all what's in the media and all what's going on, and it's troubling in the land. And uh, we should be concerned, but not discouraged, uh, because these are dark days. But there's nothing new under the sun. The church has always prospered in dark days, because... She is not trying to get the victory. She's to stand in the victory. The church fight go from victory unto victory. But how do you go? How do you maintain the victory? How do you maintain a fight against discouragement, doubt and despair, and, and, and become dismayed? How do you do that? Well, you have to be sure of what God has done. And because God has done something, he's given us a, if you will, the seal for our assurance. And if you have the word of God this morning, I want us to look at one verse of scriptures in Revelation chapter 12. And I want to think this morning with you briefly on the thought of boldness under the blood of God. Boldness in the midst of difficulty, in the midst of accusation, in the midst of seeming destruction, how can you stay bold? Is there an example? Well, I, I, it's all over the scripture, but in Revelation chapter 12, I'll begin reading in verse uh, 10. The word of God says, And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now has come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God. And the power of his Christ. For the accuser of the brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day, uh, day and night. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto the death. Verse 11 again. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto the death. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for this victorious one seated at your right hand today, Jesus, the King most wonderful. We thank you that he is our merciful high priest who ever lived to make intercession for us and for the great fact that we can call you Father because of this precious blood that speak of better things than that of Abel and for the work of your spirit in our hearts to sustain us and to make real to us in the very time that we're living the sufficiency of our God and his Christ. And so we pray this morning that you would 
take us beyond the sacred page, that you would cause us to see afresh, and maybe even for some here anew, all that your spirit desired to say. Speak, Lord. Thy servant listen. In Jesus' name, amen. As I look at this passage this morning, I want, to think, want you to think with me on this thought, the boldness, a boldness under the blood of God. Boldness under the blood. This passage tells us how these saints lived in victory, in the midst of accusation from the enemy, in the midst of destruction, but how they sustained the faith and was able to proclaim in the midst of circumstance and even at the risk of losing their lives, this victorious message that God had given them. Because what God did for them, he'll do for us. The God of the book is the God who is omnipresent, omniscient, and he's able to make all grace abound. And so it doesn't matter what generation that's available. The word of God is sufficient to meet us. And so there's three things I want us to see this morning uh, in this passage. We're secured under the blood. We can stand and speak boldly because of the blood. And we're satisfied with the life that we have received because of the blood. And, And that's important for the Christians to understand because in the fight of faith, we have to realize that we're not fighting for victory, we're fighting from victory. These are difficult days, and, and God, Jesus told the disciples, pray that you enter not in temptation. And then he told them one time, pray, lest you faint. Pray well unless you fight against one another. So if you're not praying based upon the sufficient access of the blood, you're going to faint. And if you don't pray, you'll fall into temptation. But if you don't pray intelligently, you'll fight with one another. And so the answer to victory is not in us, it's in Christ. And so the first thing we can learn from this this, this passage of Scripture is that the security that God wants every believer, and especially his church, to understand. What's the first thing? They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. The security that the saints have because of the sufficiency of the blood of Christ. Well, we would ask this question, why do you need blood? Why do we need protection? You remember in the Old Testament, in the book of Exodus, if you were to read Exodus chapter 12, verse 13, God had uh, began to bring plagues into Egypt. And uh, the last plague, he was told them that the death angel was going to come. And he told Moses to kill a lamb and put the blood on the mantle. And when the death angel come, all those who are under the blood would be protected. He said, when I see the blood, I'll pass over you. God's wrath is in the land. (laughs) There are two groups of people, maybe even here this morning, but there are two groups of people in the world, those who are under the blood and those who are under the wrath. There's no neutral position. You're either under the secured blood of God or you're under the sure wrath of God. God was, in the Old Testament, began to When he was bringing judgment, he he told Noah to build an ark. And Noah did that for 120 years. And and there came a day that God had Noah, after he had gotten the animals in there, had Noah and his family enter in and he closed the door. And judgment came and all those outside the ark. 
the wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. And all those who are under the wrath of God, if they don't come into the ark of the covenant of the blood, they will experience what they've earned. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. In football term, that's a guaranteed contract. Sin does pay. But God has provided a security. What is it? It's the blood. The Bible says, well, the hymn says, at the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light and the burden of my heart rolled away. It was there by faith I received my sight. Now I'm happy all today. What happened at the cross? At the cross, God is being just because God said the soul that sinned, it shall die. And God made his son to be sin who knew no sin. And God poured out his wrath upon his son at the cross. Justice and mercy kissed each other at the cross. Isaiah said it pleased the father to bruise him because God would not let sin go unpunished. He's a holy, holy God. But when John the Baptist saw Jesus, he said, behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. And Jesus came and he lived perfectly and he went to the cross and he went to the cross not because he was a sinner. He went to the cross because the, the Father will was for him to go to the cross because the Father's will was to save sinners. And God made him be sin and God poured out his wrath upon sin and justice and mercy kissed each other at the cross. People talk about the love of God. Yes, the love of God is at the cross because the justice of God is being satisfied. <laughs> my God, my God, why art thou forsaken me? Because if he doesn't forsake Jesus, he'll have to forsake Wallace Francis. Why? Because I cannot approach God on my own merits. No person can approach God on their own merit. And so God provided a lamb, a mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. There's one mediator between God and man. Why? Because God is angry at the wicked every day. And God has one answer for wicked world is that this is my beloved son who I'm well pleased. Hear ye him. And so we overcome by the blood of the lamb. Why? Because God is satisfied with the blood. The blood has come and the Holy Spirit has come to testify of the blood. And the Spirit of God takes the word of God to encourage his saints today that that blood will never lose its what? Its power. Never lose its power. And so the, the security that God wanted the saints to understand was the security that he had in the blood. And from the Old Testament all the way to the New Testament, you see the sufficiency of the blood. And the first thing I want us to realize that it redeems us. In Ephesians, Paul says, we've been redeemed by blood. God has brought us back from the slave market of sin through his own blood. Paul told the church of Ephesus, say, uh, the elders at Ephesus, feed the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. Acts 20, 28. God, life was given for his church. We're secured. Why? Because this sovereign God has sovereign blood and is sufficient for you and me. Oh, it's the preciousness of the blood, redeemed by blood. Colossians says redemption. We have redemption and forgiveness of sin through the blood. Another thing we have in the blood, Peter says, we haven't been re redeemed by silver and gold, 1 Peter uh, 1.19, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without spot or wrinkle. The precious blood. Not silver or gold, but the precious blood of Christ. 
Oh, this is a wonderful security to have in the blood. There, I have a, a, a friend of mine who often talk about these wealthy people and how their children and their children's children won't have to worry about anything. Why? Because they have money. They have money galore. Their money's never going to run out. Yeah, their money may not run out, but their time's going to run out. We have blood that will never run out. Why? Because eternity, testify, is sufficient. The family and the children of God and the children of the Lamb don't have to worry. Why? From generation after generation, that blood will never lose its power. And I would tell people, I'm not against folks having security for their children financially, but I'm just saying that's great, but there's something greater than that to be secured by blood. You want to leave your children with a, a security that not only outlived time, but stands in eternity. Or you're secured under the blood. And so uh, Peter says, not so, but the precious blood of Christ. And then the Hebrew writer says, without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sins. The most, one of the greatest offense humans could bring is to come to God with something other than the blood of his son. It, it's, it, it's, it's an offense to God to think that you can come to God with Jesus plus your good works and he's going to accept you. Jesus plus your church membership. Jesus plus your sincerity. Jesus plus, I haven't done these bad things. You can only come to Jesus, a God, through one thing, the blood of his son. <laughs> Any other way is an offense to God. Why? Because God is holy, holy, holy. And I was talking to uh, Pastor Martin right between, uh, before this service, and he, just to him, how there is God, there is holy law, but in between that is that blood. Why? Because the law has been fulfilled and God is satisfied with the blood. I'm wondering this morning, are you under the blood? There may be someone here that you say, well, I, I've been trying to get right with God. I've been, I, I go to church. I've been doing this. Oh, stop doing. Why? Because you're messing up all that you are messed up in. God doesn't want you to do anything. He wants you to receive everything. He wants you to be satisfied with the blood of his son. Have you come to the blood? Have you washed? Oh, him say, have you washed yourself in the blood? Or is your soul been cleansed by the blood? Everybody says, oh, you, that's a bloody message. Yes, that's a bloody message. Yeah, because it's blood that satisfies God. Not the bloods of bulls and goats. Oh, help her, but the blood of God. Oh, I want you to know that God has security for you in the blood. And, and it's under the blood. Not knowing about the blood, but coming under the blood. I, I was sharing early with the group this morning. Our daughter, Brittany, we were at a, a zoo in Atlanta. And, and Brittany was probably about four years old at that time. We had the, the other two younger kids were in the stroller, maybe. Uh, but anyway, Brittany became alarmed. We was at the zoo, and she became alarmed because uh, the animals, whatever they were, I can't remember, but they frightened her. And so dad picked her up. He had muscles then, but he picked her up and, and comforted her. And she felt secure under dad's arm. 
She didn't know, poor little child. She didn't know that dad had to run too if the animals got out. But she was secured. What am I saying? She was secured. Why? Because she was under dad's personal care. Until you come under the blood of Christ, you're not under God's personal care. And it doesn't matter what your circumstances. When you come under the blood, then guess what? You're under God's personal care. His blood will never lose its power. Security under the blood. Why? Because it's the blood that God is satisfied with. Turn with me, if you will, to Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5, one verse. There are many verses, but one verse to, to, to bring the thought a little clearer to us. But in Romans chapter 5, Paul is trying to explain this, this wonderful truth of justification by faith alone. And in Romans chapter 5, I'll start in verse 8. Romans 5, 8, Paul says, But God commended his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. God has declared all those who come to Christ and trust in his blood, he declares them not guilty. And we've been saved from wrath. The church of Jesus Christ and every saint never have to worry about God's wrath. Why? Because they're under the blood. I will tell you this morning, if you've never come to Jesus for his cleansing blood, come this morning. Come just as you are. Why? Because the blood, though your sins be as scarlet, he'll make them white as snow. Because the blood is able to cleanse to the uttermost. They that come to God by him. Though your sins, Isaiah said, though your sins be as scarlet, he'll make them white as snow. Why? Because the blood can cleanse us. And so Paul says, much more than being justified by his blood will be saved from wrath. I can say this morning by the grace of God and according to the scripture, if you're not under the blood, you're under the wrath and your soul is in danger of hellfire. Why? Because God is pleased with his son. And the greatest offense that a person can give to God is to mock the blood of his son. How people mock the blood of his son? To think that Jesus Christ is not enough. And I want you to know grace is so amazing. And I want you to know his blood is enough. Don't tell me how bad you are because the blood can cleanse you. And please don't tell me how good you are because the blood tells me you're worse than you think you are. Why? Because the blood is holy blood. And God cannot be satisfied with anyone other than the blood. And one, sin, one lie can send a person to hell. One lie. Why? Because God is holy. His law is holy. And it's only the blood. And so Paul was trying to bring that point out. Why? Because until you and I understand as believers in the church as a victory uh, 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 organism, that we are secured under the blood, the soul-cleansing blood of the Lamb. First thing God wanted us to know, and, and therefore the first thing for these people here in Revelation, they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. The accusation from the enemy. Say some of you who you new believers and you say, boy, I got a bad past. And they, the devil started telling you about your past. Say, well, that's all right, devil. Goodness and mercy, deal with them. Because they've been following me all the days of my life. And their job is to make all things work together for good. So don't worry about your plans. Goodness and mercy got that. 
And if he tell you about you, well, you know what you did yesterday? Well, devil, I ain't got time for that. Uh, I'm still going to glory. Why? Because the blood. You're going to hell. Why? Because there's no blood for you. There's no blood for the devil. It's only judgment. It's blood for the sinners who come and satisfy with the lamb. Why am I saying that? I, I have to stress that because you and I would not fight faithfully and stand and speak faithfully unless you're secured in the blood. Oh, they overcame by the blood of the lamb. And notice, they weren't trying to overcome by the blood. The scripture said they tried to overcome, or they were overcoming by the blood. No, they overcame. Past tense, overcame. <laughs> Your victory is sheer. You're not trying to get the victory. You just stand up in the victory. And then the second thing, they were secured under the blood. And the second thing is, they, they stood and spoke boldly of the blood. They overcame by the blood of the Lamb. And the word of their testimony, they testified to the sufficiency of the blood. Let me say this. God want you and I to become bold enough to testify that one day when I was lost, Jesus died upon the cross and I knew it was the blood for me. It's not that the blood will cleanse. You have to appropriate it. That blood was for me. Jesus died for me. The Son of God loved me and gave himself for me. So you personally appropriate that blood was for me. That blood cleansed me. Though my sins were scarlet, that blood was sufficient for me. It becomes a personal application of the blood. I was sharing with the group early, my, uh, my son, when I used to sign autographs uh, for the Falcons at various events, people call you in and you, you just assign autograph for a couple of hours or so, and, and there usually be lines of people sometime coming, and, and when I bring my son with me, he'd be playing around there in the mall, and then... There'd be a long line there, people waiting to get autographed in the picture, and my son just come on up, and then he'll get close by me, and, and then he'll grab the picture and start handing it to me. Uh, he was just trying to say, say to the folks, I, I don't have to get in line. This is my dad. <laughs> and he, was, he was all proud. You don't have to get in line. You don't have to go to preacher, a, a, a priest, or, or, or I'm going to do three flips and give triple tides and slide into the church. And God will forgive me. No, just come on to the front of the line because there's blood. <laughs> Don't get in line. And so the access you have to God as your father, why? Because of the blood of the lamb. You come straight in to him. Boldly, but yet with all humility. Why? Because the blood speaks of better things. I, I can't say it enough because the enemy the accuser of the brother, the accuser in your conscience, don't accept the accusation. Why? Because the blood cleanses our conscience from dead works. <laughs> don't let the enemy tell you, oh, you got to do this better. No, I don't need to do any works. It's finished. The blood is finished. All things. I don't have to do anything to be accepted. It's been done. The blood has cleansed me from all of my sins. Secured by the blood. And what happened after that? When, when, when you're secured by the sufficiency of the blood, you'll be able to stand and speak boldly of the victory that is yours in the blood. Look what he said. He overcame by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. They were able to, in the midst of accusation and difficulty, they stood and testified for the sufficiency of the blood of Jesus Christ. Would to God that the saints know the power of the blood and began to tell with all boldness this old, old story. How Savior came from glory. 
and gave his life on Calvary to save a wretch like me, that you know that that blood was for you, and therefore you're able to testify. I had this experience. I was sad to say I'm ashamed of my past, but I got converted late. Uh, I was a sinner and had a lifestyle to testify of it, and, and I remember one teammate heard that I'd gotten converted. Uh, he used to witness to me a lot, and uh, he heard I'd gotten converted, and uh, he said if, oh, uh, no, I wasn't converted uh, at that time, and they, people were talking about me and uh, on some things, actually, well, Christian said no, and he told him, he said, if God saved Wallace France, he can save anybody. That's what he said. <laughs> well, I got converted. And right after I got converted, the Lord led me out of football. And this guy, when he see me right now, he's amazed. But Dave Scott used to witness to me all the time. But he, was, he, he said, if God, and then God saved me. And he, Dave, when he goes to give testimony, he gives his testimony about me. If, if, if they want his testimony. He's telling them how bad I was and what God did for me. And while I went All I'm saying is that he saw that God can take a wretch. I was in refined depravity. You know what refined depravity is? You die on the flower beds of ease. Gold and glitter around you, but you're going to hell and you're enjoying it all the way. Thank God for taking me off of that landslide. It was refined depravity. But Dave Scott and others here, what my point I'm saying is that there were people like Barkowski and other people who were bold enough to tell me because they know I wasn't satisfied in the condition. When you are satisfied and secured in the blood, you'll tell other people boldly about the blood of the Lamb, that Jesus Christ. And you may, well, I don't know what to say, but tell them what, just tell them what they did for me. <laughs> I was the laws, now I'm found. Jesus saved me from my sins. Just tell them. And I'd go home and, and tell people why, because Jesus saved them. All I'm saying, the church will stand up and proclaim when they sure that the blood will not lose its power. And so, therefore, a, 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 a church like your church that witness, why will they witness? Because they're secured in the blood. Why do the saints witness? They're going to give testimony. Why? Because the blood is personalized. They overcame by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. And the song, I'm sure they didn't sing it back then, but they could have sang, I heard an old story how a Savior came from glory. And gave his life on Calvary to save a wretch like me. I heard about his groaning, of his precious blood atoning, and I repented of my sin and won the victory, the victory in Jesus Christ. It's the glory of the testimony. Oh, what a, what a wonderful thing to be able to do it. I remember in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 4, you remember in verse uh, 12, they, they were beating Peter and them, and they told him not to preach in this man's name any, anymore. And Peter says, we can't help but preach, because there's no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Before the cross, they were, before Pentecost, they were being uh, hiding away, hiding out. And then after Pentecost and the Holy Spirit came, they were beat up and he told not to proclaim. Peter said, do what you want, but we can't help but preach. Let me say this. When you secured about the power of the blood personally for you and the Holy Spirit made it real to you, you can't help but tell someone. You will tell, you'll give that there go, and you want other people to know why? Because the blood squeezes our hearts with gracious love, and it overflows. The affections of the love of God makes you want to tell others. The fragrance of this love that have captured your heart makes you want to tell that old, old story. Secured by blood, 
stand and speak boldly of the blood. And then the third thing I want us to see, it satisfies the saint. Look what he says. They overcame him by the blood of the lamb, the word of their testimony, and they loved not their life unto the death. They were satisfied with the life that they had gotten from the blood. There's life in the blood. And so therefore, they received this cleansing power of the blood and they received this life and this life that they had had exchanged their life. I was telling the group this morning when uh, I got converted and uh, I left football and everybody said, well, was it hard to leave football? I said, no, it wasn't hard. Why? Because I wasn't I wasn't in love with football, I was in love with me. And when God got a hold of me, he was able to deal with football. I love football because it made me happy. It gave me money. So when God dealt with the me monster, he was able to take away the other thing. So the problem was what I was doing. The problem was what I was. I was a rebel. And I wanted to satisfy. I wanted, I wanted football to satisfy me and everybody else to satisfy me. Me in the morning, me in the evening, me at supper time. It's all about me. That was my whole attitude. Why? Because that's what sin does. Sin is what? It's the me monster. And so when Jesus said, when a man if come after me, let him deny yourself. Don't give up this or that. Give up you. And so when he captured me and changed me to the point that he became my life, then I was able to give up this. You put down to it. Jesus Christ is a lover. He doesn't want something from you. He wants you. When I asked my wife to marry me, I didn't want her picture. And she got beautiful pictures. I didn't want her love letters, and they were nice love letters. I didn't want her marriage certificate that we were married. I wanted her to come down the aisle. And when I go home tomorrow, I don't want a picture of Cheryl there at the door. I want to see Cheryl. <laughs> What's my point? God doesn't want something from you. He wants you. Jesus Christ wants you. He wants to have a love relationship with you. He wants intimacy with you. It's you that satisfy him. He, he wants you to be satisfied with him because he wants to satisfy you. <laughs> the biggest problem in the church today, I want us to turn to this verse because I think it's a powerful verse, and I, I, oftentimes we miss it. Turn with me to 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy chapter 2. Paul is writing to Timothy, and he's telling Timothy about the last days. I'm sorry, 2 Timothy chapter 3. In the last days, he's talking to Timothy, and he's talking about these leaders and and, and that's going on and what's going to be happening in the last days. And he's, he's warning Timothy, this young preacher. And, and, and he's told Timothy about studying the word. And he told Timothy God hadn't given him a spirit of fear. And he told Timothy, he's going to tell him at the end of the verse to preach the word. And he told Timothy how to be cleansed. But then in chapter 3, tell Timothy what's going to happen in these last times. He says in chapter 3, verse 1, know this also that in the last times, perilous times will come. For men will be lovers of their own self, covetous, proud, boasters, blasphemers. Uh, and then he says, disobedient to parent, unthankful, unholy, 
without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinence, fierce, despising those that are good. And then he said, traitors, heavy, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. Notice, they will be lovers of themselves and they love pleasure more than they love God. What's the problem in the day? It's not, there are people, he's talking about people going to be in religion. They love God, but they love pleasure more than they love God. So God becomes a, in, a, a, a means to my pleasure. If God want me to come to church, tell him make me happy. Do flip, pastor, so I can be happy. Uh, 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 choir sing so I can be joy. Give me a verse of scripture that I like. And so what? Please me, God, and then I'll obey you. Lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. <laughs> Why? Because self-love has usurped the love of God. And so Paul, Paul was telling Timothy, men's going to be lovers of themselves more than lovers of God. And so the danger is self-love replacing God's love. And so what, what, what God wants to do is to come in and give us the, the love of God, be shared abroad in our heart, that we love him because he first loved us. And we want to obey him, not to be blessed by him, but because we've been blessed by him. You got it? The, the church of Jesus Christ doesn't obey to be blessed. They obey because they have been blessed. We've been blessed with all spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. Now, there's word, there's word there called all. Let me tell you what all mean in the Greek. All mean all. That's all all means. That's your Greek lesson. <laughs> all spiritual blessing in what? In heavenly places in Christ. And so when people say, well, God want to bless me. No, he has blessed us. And therefore, we can walk obedient. Why? Because no good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. He's going to supply it. Why? Because he's that kind of father. He who spared not his own son, shall he not also with him freely give us what? All things. <laughs> see, see, so that's the boldness and, and, and the security and the satisfaction that the saint has now. The saint has become satisfied that what? We don't have to love our life. We don't have to protect our life. We don't have to be concerned about our life. Why? Because Christ is our life, and he'll supply all of our needs according to his riches and glory. So I can cast all my cares upon him. I can tell Jesus. The old saints would say, Jesus on the main line. Tell him what you want. Yeah. And uh, now i got to explain this, Brother Paul. Now, some of you don't know what a main line is uh, because you don't know what a party line is. I grew up in the South. Uh, in the 50s. <laughs> yeah, it was not the 40s, 50s. But there was a party line. You know what a party line is? In the, in the community, there was a, a party line. Everybody who had a phone, it was a party line. But some people who had money could have a main line. But on the party line, uh, when I'm talking to, to, to neighbor so-and-so, uh, nobody else can get on the phone. Why? Because neighbor so-and-so and I are talking. And neighbor so-and-so can get tired and say, hey, get off the phone because I got to make a call. That's a party line. We share that line. <laughs> but the old saints say, Jesus on the main line. And you can get to him because you have a main line to him. It's through the blood. It's not a party line. It's a main line. Why? You can go right to him through the blood of the lamb. Jesus on the main line. Tell him what you want. Isn't it wonderful that you and I have that kind of access? And that's what these people were. They, they, they love not their life unto death. Why? So if they were going through a difficult time, they cast their cares upon Jesus, the martyrs. They trusted the lamb, and God strengthened them. 
on land. All I'm saying is that these people had come to find life in Christ. And that life had satisfied them that they know they couldn't lose their life because their life was not in time and sense. Their life was an eternal one. And that eternal one was in them. And nothing could separate them. <laughs> because the two had been made one. Oh, brothers and sisters, that's how you overcome. You're not trying to get the life. You have the life. And he who began the good work in you, going to finish it. <laughs> You've been justified by his blood. You've been renewed by the spirit. And this Holy Spirit is going to work in you both the will. Why? Because he who began the good work, going to finish it. The saints has the full package. Justification, sanctification, and glorification. Let me just show you one more verse before I close. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians 1.30. 1 Corinthians 1.30, and we'll close with this verse. It's a powerful verse for me. It's very encouraging to me. 1 Corinthians 1.30. Satisfied with this life. Look what Paul says to the Corinthians. But of him are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God have been made unto us wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. That according to it is written, he that glory, let him glory in the Lord. God, he's been made unto us wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. We have all that we need. He's all that. Everybody, well, I'm trying to get my sanctification. He's your sanctification. He's your justification. He's your righteousness. He's your wisdom. He's all that you need. He of, who of God has been made unto us wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, redemption. Why? So that we can boast in Christ. Because every spiritual blessing is ours in Christ. Oh, the saints didn't try to hold on to their life. They were satisfied with this new life. In him was life. In his life was the light of men. I would say to you this morning, if you're not a Christian, then Jesus Christ came that you might have life. And you're not here by chance. You're here by divine appointment. What's the appointment? God offers his, the blood of his son to sinners to be cleansed. And if you're willing to come just as you are and trust him for who he is, he'll cleanse you, strengthen you, to walk in a way that you can't do apart from him. He'll save you. Why? By his blood. We who are Christian, don't stumble under the blood. Stand under it. And when you've done all the stand, stand there for Why? Because no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Why? Because the blood will never lose his power. And Paul said this to the Hebrew writer, he said, now the God of peace, who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus Christ, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you perfect in every good work to do his will, working in you that which is well-pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, the God of peace, who raised again from the dead our Lord Jesus Christ, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant. Are you in a covenant relationship with God through his blood? If so, rejoice, saints. If you're not, sinner, come. Come. There's room at the cross. Come just as you are and come to trust him with your life for his blood.
those who trust him will never leave sad. They'll leave satisfied because the blood will never lose its power. Let's pray together. Father, we give thanks this morning for the blood of the Lamb. Thank you that you have given us beauty for ashes, the oil of gladness for the spirit of mourning. And you call us to be vessels cleansed by your blood, filled with your spirit, that we might testify of your amazing grace. And so I pray that you continue to do your work in your church here in Laramie Valley. And that the saints this morning would be encouraged to walk in light of this wonderful salvation. And for the sinner who heard for the first time, make yourself real to them. That you might make yourself real through them. In Jesus' name, amen.